Hey everyone, welcome to Seen That, the podcast where we talk about cult and classic movies we haven't seen until now. In this week's episode, we have a special guest and we're discussing Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark and why Avril, hey everyone, hasn't seen that and much, much more. Hope you guys enjoy. For those of you, again, who are, uh, you know, adamant listeners or who just know me because you're my friend or you're in my family, I moved. That happened. Um, She's in the new place, guys. I I am. And uh, it feels pretty nice. Um, So thank you all for waiting. It's been, what, two weeks now? So we're back halfway through season two. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited for today's episode. Also, today is International Women's Day. And we have a very special guest with us. A very badass woman, if I do say so myself. I agree with that 100%. (laughs) Yeah, we're so excited for this episode. This week we have a very special, badass, awesome woman with us. Our dear close friend, Olivia, um, we'll refer to her as Liv, probably throughout the rest of this podcast, but we're so excited to have her for um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And um, yeah, Liv, you want to just say hello to our listeners? Hi, hi, listeners. <laughs> Very excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> yeah, we um, wanted Liv to be the guest of this episode because not only is she like obviously a fan of this movie and obviously our podcast, but um, she's our actual resident archaeologist in our friend group and in real life. And she's gone on many digs and studied it in college. And we're super excited to have her as like an expert on this episode. So um, I don't know if you want to like quick talk a little bit about that, Liv, before I get into my summary. Sure. Yeah. So um like Haley said, super excited to be here as the resident archaeologist. Um, although I'm not currently practicing, <laughs> I uh, studied archaeology at the University of Michigan, go blue. Um, I've done expeditions or excavations in southwestern Colorado, in um, a little town outside of Dublin, Ireland, and in a um, early Roman city outside of Rome called Gavi in Italy. Um, so I've had quite a bit of museum f- uh, archaeological field experience, and I've also worked in an archaeology museum. So uh, really excited to talk about my, who I consider uh, a good pal, Indiana Jones, today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. We're so excited. Hearing all of that live like I already knew all of that but just hearing you say that is so impressive and so cool <laughs> and I feel like we could have a whole podcast just talking about your experiences on those digs on those expeditions but um, maybe maybe at another time <laughs> well spoiler alert it's definitely not as exciting as Indiana Jones it's a lot of um squatting and dusting <laughs> wait you weren't chased through the tiny Roman village by Nazis um, no yeah. Nazis, no, but there's definitely a lot of bugs, um, uh, sometimes snakes, mm. sometimes Ooh. spiders, so that part is real. Okay, good to I've know. got questions about that <laughs> stuff, actually, so we can get into that in a little bit. <laughs> yes, definitely. why don't we, I'm gonna do a quick summary, you guys, and then we'll get into it. So, as you know, we're discussing Indiana Jones, The Raiders of the Lost Ark. It came out June 12th, um, 1981. 
budget was $18 million and opening weekend it only grossed $8.3 million, but then gross USA over the course of time, it has made over $240 million. So it's definitely wow. made its money back, maybe not an opening weekend. Um, director Steven Spielberg. Uh, note, we did not do this on purpose that we I had was two Spielberg episodes in a row. <laughs> we normally a wouldn't do whammy. that. We normally curate our lists better, but we were trying to obviously get Liv on. And so having Liv on Trump's having two yeah. Spielberg episodes in a row. It's fine. The movies are very different. So, you know, it's <laughs> fine. Um, it was written by uh, Lawrence Kasdan, George Lucas, and Philip Kaufman. And um, I just a little bit about each of those because they kind of relate to other episodes of our podcast. Lawrence Kasdan was also a writer on Force Awakens and many other movies and like TV and video games in the Star Wars franchise. Oh, sorry. Did you know he wrote The Bodyguard too with Whitney Houston? No. What? Fun fact. How do you oh make the leap God. from Star Wars even on, to like the, the Bodyguard? <laughs> Whoa. That's crazy. I so love that. I've never, I've never seen The Bodyguard. Has anyone here Me seen The Bodyguard? Me neither. Oh, my Whoa. gosh. <laughs> All right. But I know of it. I know. I do, too. Okay. I know of the movie. Sorry to sorry to interrupt. I was just no, I that's read that and that's, I was mind blown. This is what we, we need movies to add to yes. the list. So yes. that's great. <laughs> Um, and yeah, as I said, uh, another screen credit or writing credit is George Lucas, which I guess I was surprised by that he was on this movie and that, um, you know, Harrison Ford was in his movies. And this is a, also a Lucasfilm production. So that's interesting and cool. And then Philip Kaufman, who has done a lot of writing for the Indiana Jones franchise, like over TV video games and like a lot of the sequels and, you know, and, and anything that involves Indiana Jones. Um, it stars... Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, or Ooh. as they call him, Indy, which is funny. Um, Karen Allen as Marion, um, Paul Freeman as Belloc, and John Reese Davies as Salah. Um, and he is uh, Gimli in uh, Lord of the Rings. Yes. I like, didn't put that together, and I was like, "Wait, what?" I anyway. <laughs> I know it's he so takes an unfortunate turn, and I think brown face in this film. But I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was disappointing that we will to find bring out. up later, yeah. <sighs> awkwardly. But um, yeah. yeah, glad that Gimli is more like not that character. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> um, and then you could stream this. I streamed it on Voodoo or Amazon Prime Video. Um, most streaming services tend to have it. If you just do like a search or through your TV apps, you'll be sure to find it. Um, and then, really, really a quick summary. Several years before World War II, archaeologist, professor, and adventurer Indiana Jones is recruited by the U.S. government to find the Ark of the Covenant. Indy, along with his friends Marion and Salah, must find the Ark before it is stolen by the Nazi party and used for its terrible, awesome powers. So, um, knowing Avril that... This is such a classic in terms of like action thrillers. I'm actually not surprised that you hadn't seen this before. <laughs> however, ha however, um, I would have thought that you would have seen it just for Harrison Ford alone. So with that, Avril, why hadn't you seen this before? You both know me so well. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is kind of going to be a similar response to what I said in our um, episode about Star Wars A New Hope from last season. 
it wasn't talked about in my family. You know, my dad and I, I saw my dad this weekend for his birthday. That was really nice. And we were going to watch it. I was like, I haven't seen it. He was like, I haven't seen it. So I was like, let's do it. Let's watch it together. Your dad hadn't seen it? No. And I don't think my mom has. I don't think my sister has. And again, it just wasn't really talked about in our family growing up. (laughs) So it seemed like a great opportunity for us to watch it together. It didn't work out, unfortunately. Um, I would definitely rewatch this with him, though. So little spoiler alert for what I think about it. But anyway, it just wasn't on my radar growing up. And I feel like maybe you guys can correct me. It didn't seem like we talked about it much growing up in high school and even in college. Like my friend group in college didn't talk about it. It wasn't like a movie that title that was circulated when we you know, wanted to watch movies. I knew Spielberg had directed this, but there were other Spielberg movies that I wanted to see like Jaws, Catch Me If You Can, The Color Purple. And also just looking up Spielberg's... Um, filmography he's done so much there's so much i still haven't seen of his so um that's a little overwhelming but anyway it just it wasn't something that really interested me but i agree wow i missed out because harrison ford damn (laughs) (laughs) he is so hot in this movie it's kind of essential to get that out of the way is that he is an absolute smoke show he looks so good really he's at his peak he looks sorry han solo he looks better as her, as Indiana Jones. And oh, Han way Solo. better. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, and I'm biased with the archaeology lens, but I just absolutely love him in this movie. No, he's way tanner. He's got His, the five o'clock shadow. He he, he does yes. more in this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's a combination of like the open yes. shirt, the five o'clock shadow, the hat, the you know, like all of the accessories. The yeah. I, yeah. For our <laughs> listeners who can't see what I sent Liv and Haley before our um we're in a group chat (laughs) and I sent them a gift before we started recording and it's the shot of him when he realizes um who his like arch nemesis is in the archaeology world um Bella not Bellacor Bella thank you wow um Mm -hmm. and he's like smiling to himself but like the way the camera uh, frames him and the sun hitting him and his shirt is open. He just looks so fucking hot. <laughs> it's just like a great shot of him. This is the Bridgerton of 1981, yeah. honestly. Yes. <laughs> honestly, that's a fair assessment, <laughs> I would say. So yeah, that makes total sense. I This was... I'm surprised your dad hadn't seen it because this is definitely a movie that I... I'm pretty sure I watched with my dad or my dad definitely at least mentioned it and was talking about it. And Liv, I'm curious if that was the case for you. Like, how did you get into this movie? Or like, do you remember kind of before you had seen this at all? (laughs) I don't remember a time before Indiana Jones in my life, honestly. (laughs) I, and it's weird because I, you know, growing up since I was like a toddler, I was saying, I want to be an archaeologist. I want to be an archaeologist. And that conversation was never tied to Indiana Jones, but Indiana Jones, I think like Star Wars for me just kind of always existed. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was definitely not something Avril, I totally agree, not something that was part of our, like, high school mm. culture. I would say yeah. when I was in college, I was in the archaeology club, and we definitely played a drinking game to it. And I had seen it many times before that. So, but it was just kind of always around. Um, it was just something I was always, you know, I think it was probably on, like, TNT a lot. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was one of those movies that was just always on. Yeah, it was always on. And you would always, like, miss the beginning and, like... Right. That's a good yeah. point. I think and this isn't the only movie. There's probably lots of movies where it's, like, I don't want to start this in the middle. 
I want to watch this from the beginning. Yeah, right. So like I would probably like see that it was on TNT or some other channel. And it's like, I'll save that for later. I'll watch this. And again, this is going to come up time mm-hmm. and time again. This would have been really fun to watch with you guys. Um, or with my dad, like oh, totally. watching it on my own was, was nice, but only so much. And like when a movie mm-hmm. like this, which is very action heavy, I always find that's more enjoyable when you're watching it with people. Yeah. There's something yeah. about those scenes that make you kind of like squirm that are like gross where you like yeah. want to have somebody to like grab onto your neck. Yeah. Or like <laughs> look at next to you, just be like, wait, right. what just happened? Like even right at the beginning with the spiders yes. and then I, I oh, was just yeah. like grabbing, like <laughs> I was like reaching for a person that wasn't there. <laughs> oh my gosh. So creepy. Wait, I'm curious what the drinking yeah, game me is. Too. Is it every time there's like a, what is it? <laughs> God, it was a long time ago, and I was definitely participating. <laughs> so um, I think, you know, it was like every time he uses the whip, every time oh, there's bad archaeology, oh which is a lot. Spoiler alert, there's a lot of bad archaeology. Yes, I will. we're going to get well, into yeah, we that should get into for that. sure, for sure. Um, we'll definitely get into that. But uh, I think, you know, certain catchphrases or if he puts the hat on dramatically, like it was just those types of things. It's like you That's take great. a drink. And I think there was something like if there's a snake, you take a shot. <laughs> like, there's a lot of snakes in that so, one scene. Wow. There's yeah. a lot. Yeah. I think I think that counted as one shot probably unless you were feeling yeah, really once. ambitious. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was, you know, it was a very odd group of of people that I stumbled into as a freshman. (laughs) I mean, next time I watch this movie, I'm going to make that the drinking game. You absolutely should. I'm sure there's, you know, a rule list online. You just have to find one that was written by an archaeology student because archaeologists know how to drink. So, well, this movie shows that learning so much. I mean, yes, that's, that's one of the more accurate points. If I may just quickly ask a question at the top, is Mary Ann an archaeologist? I don't think she is. Right. She's just the daughter of one. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because she, com- so- she can pound him back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. a boss. But I think my understanding was always that her father was the kind of mentor right. of Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. And she, by nature of kind of following her father on all of mm-hmm. his adventures, picked up skills. But she's not like a trained archaeologist. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, although there were women archaeologists at this time, uh, which was is pretty cool. That's I don't know awesome. if you guys have watched The Dig yet no. on, um, no. on Netflix, the new Netflix film. I I haven't either, honestly. But uh, it does. Oh, it's a new thing. Um, yeah, it's it's new. It's um, Ray Fiennes and uh, Carrie Mulligan, uh, Lily. Yeah, Carrie Mulligan and Lily. Oh my god, James. We definitely um, have to watch this. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys should watch it. I'll watch it too. But um, it does chronicle a, a female archaeologist. I need new content. A, who's a contemporary of Indiana Jones? Is it Jones. a movie or a TV show? It's a oh. movie. Yeah, it's about the discovery of um, a site called Sutton Who. It's it's one of the kind of most pivotal sites in English history. That kind of awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it's really it's really uh, a very incredible story um in real life i haven't seen the movie yet but that's a sidebar no <laughs> no no we this love it great. we love a tangent I, yeah. we love a sidebar. i feel like i've learned so much in the 20 minutes since we started <laughs> i know i know <laughs> um so av uh like i said this is such a classic and i'm curious what your thoughts were like what your impression was of the movie like before going into it and like and also you know second part of my question is 
did you or were you familiar with any uh, iconic um, scenes or tropes from this movie that carried into others? So to answer your first question, um, <laughs> most likely going to have you repeat. So I hope that's okay. Um, that's fine. <laughs> I really didn't know much going into this. The I had I have three things I wrote down. It was wow. classic uh, blockbuster action movie. Um, it's about archaeology and Nazis, starring Harrison Ford. And um, <laughs> you knew that going in. Well, sorry, you knew the part about the yeah, Nazis. Yeah, I heard like, I feel like like rumblings. You know, uh, like oh yeah, and like the Nazis are trying to get this artifact, and Harrison Ford's character Indiana Jones tries to you know get it before they do. And um, that it became, you know, this very popular uh, movie and, and spawned a whole franchise, um, which I think in uh, one of our episodes prior to this, I was confusing some other movie with the most recent iteration of Indiana Jones that came out last decade with Shia LaBeouf, right? It was like Crystal oh, yeah. Palace or something. What were we talking yeah, Crystal, Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So everybody... <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen that one either. But don't, um, don't. okay, <laughs> that will not go on our list. Um, no. Would not recommend. Yeah. So just like okay. I knew who was in it, I I knew sort of very basic general you know facts about it. But so many scenes in this movie, I did not know were in it. Like there was a lot of like I didn't know about the fact that he's a professor. I didn't know. Um, that it takes place mainly in Cairo, that they're in Egypt for most of the movie. I was mm. just like, they're in some desert and that could be anywhere. Like I, there was really a lot. I just didn't realize going into it with, however, at the end there, I had the great realization that when the arc is lit, like it's, it's doing its magic and it basically <laughs> melts the three evil dudes. Um, that yeah. that gif that I often see of that guy's face melting <laughs> is from this movie. And now I'm like, oh, I get where it's from. I never knew where it was from before. It was just this weird guy's face melting. And that was freaky. Yeah. But now I get the context. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's a melting Nazi. Melting Nazi, yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so I'm just a follow-up question to that, Avril. I'm curious because I feel like... And maybe this is from like cartoons or like other movies, but I feel like the the beginning, that kind of beginning run of the scene from the point where he does the thing where he's like kind of like wiggling his fingers and trying to like chase, uh, change out the the idol in the bag to like the giant ball roller. I feel like that's become kind of like an iconic like like tr- not trope necessarily but visual mm. like effect especially the giant ball so I'm kind of curious if that's something that you'd ever encounter before because mm-hmm. I know I've seen it in other places and I think it's probably in like the Simpsons and stuff but I'm not sure like have you ever encountered that I probably have and I that's a great question because I'm now struggling to think of an example but <laughs> I, I agree that like that's definitely been heavily you know replicated and referenced in other kinds of content especially movies and TV. And I would argue I was getting vibes watching that um, first scene, which is quite long, but it got me into it like right away. I was like, this is kind of a stereotypical, like, bam, we're in it. This is an action movie. But I was Mm. hooked. I was like, this is interesting. 
So I appreciated that. But it gave me a lot of um, Legends of the Hidden Temple, that game show from the 80s. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did yeah. they just steal like all these booby traps from this movie? I mean, like, and make definitely. them into like different kind of games for the kids to play? Because that's the vibe I got. Um, and like specifically like the rolling ball. I'm like, I feel like there was some challenge they had on that show where there's like something chasing them. But yeah, I feel like that that whole montage of sorts is heavily imitated. Again, I'm sort of hard-pressed right now to think of an example, but I know that's definitely... Like, that looked familiar to me, even though I couldn't really... I can't really pinpoint something right now. It definitely has familiar uh, aspects to it. Yeah, I, I, I'm i blanking on other examples of the, the ball as well uh, for some reason, but I definitely, even in, like... Um, I think, like, the first Guardians of the Galaxy, like, Chris Pratt's trying to, like, uh, swap one of the crystals for something, and he, like, I don't know. There, there's always that scene, and even in, like, you know, Tomb Raider and things like that, mm-hmm. like, on th- all those booby traps, like, that this movie kind of led the way for other movies to sort of take bits and pieces like that um, and then kind of spawn off into their own, like, adventure adventure movies basically it's kind of like its own thing like it's not fully like action thriller it's like an adventure thing with a lot of well, there's a lot going on has anyone here seen national treasure i haven't actually yes <laughs> okay we definitely have to watch that because that shoot that was what i that was my next thing it was yes also national treasure definitely like, that would not have been made yeah. without this for sure <laughs> I can't believe you have Nicholas Cage. That's like peak Nicholas Cage. It's such a fun movie. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, He's, but it's fantastic. It's a perfect amount of overly serious for that film that yes. like made it as a kid just like the most fascinating shit I'd ever seen. It was like I watched that movie and then not that long after read The Da Vinci Code and was like, I'm a genius. Like <laughs> it makes you feel smart. Like I feel like that's how like people in like those like online internet cults feel when they are like putting clues together they're like doing the the national treasure thing (laughs) it's the same shit it's like see the eye on the pyramid (laughs) on the dollar and you're like oh my god like relax but it's so fun doesn't mean (laughs) but it's like i have like yeah i haven't seen that movie but i can just tell from the visuals it seems like there was clear inspiration drawn from this movie with that yeah. Am I wrong? I would say, yeah. I think though, National Treasure is much, it's like a puzzle and all the pieces fit together pretty neatly. Mm. Whereas Indiana Jones is like, Haley, you said the word mm-hmm. adventure. That's exactly what it is. It's like this almost bumbling mm-hmm. adventure. Like he's just making shit up as he goes along. Like I kind yeah. of love that all of the, and we can talk about it later too, but just all of the like, this character is just improvising his way. Like, through this like he I love like there's so many scenes where he's just like you just truly have no idea what you're doing but you're just making it work and I feel like that's almost the opposite vibe of of national treasure where he's like Mm. having to solve a puzzle with his brain to like make this thing work and like Indiana Jones is using his brain but he's also like busting through walls with giant statues (laughs) 
Yeah, it almost felt also very because um, I have it on the mind because we recently, me and David recently rewatched <laughs> the Pirates, uh, the original oh three Pirates so of the good. Caribbean wow. um, movies, and the first one is actually still really great and really fun to watch. But that reminded his, you know, bumblingness and like weaseling his way through certain scenarios is very Jack Sparrow, or like Jack Sparrow is very Indiana in that way. So um, that type of like hero i think also spawned from this movie a little bit like i mean i'm sure there's examples prior but this really was the like icon that like you know was the model for the rest of that's them. a really good point because i don't think i'd realized that until you you guys just start talking about it that there probably are a lot of movies that i've seen where like the main character probably a male is like just figuring out as they go and like successful and like they survive whatever thing um is after them and it's probably because of Indiana that, like, that was able to be marketed as, like, a interesting trait of a protagonist of, like, they're just figuring it out. They're just going to make it up as they go. And that'll make it that much more interesting for them to then get free or get out of whatever trap they're in or predicament they're in. Yeah. I mm-hmm. feel like, though, like, a character like Han Solo, to pick up another Harrison Ford favorite, mm-hmm. he, like, there. I feel like there, maybe it was something about the kind of kind of sense of humor of like these 70s and 80s movies in general and like kind of the action movies as well where it's like you have like a little bit of swagger but it's like not entirely clean it's just like Mm. or it's not entirely smooth it's like there's something like kind of Mm -hmm. there's something sexy about them but there's something like kind of comical something like there's definitely like strength but it's not it's not like clean cut like there's a little bit of like I don't know. They're kind of like human. Like they're just. Yeah, they're like very aloof, but I think it's like because they like don't know what they're doing. And then you see that a little bit. So you're kind of like, oh, like he's not as like suave, but he is, but also not. But it's not like the clean like fight scene of like a. I I don't even watch action movies anymore. Like a James Bond or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. I don't want to say sloppiness, but yeah, like the lack of planning makes them more suave <laughs> makes them sexier it's like oh like you don't know you're just gonna so. wing it it's definitely <laughs> like, charming yeah like it's there's yeah. absolutely an aspect of charm you're there. more spontaneous right. exactly. it's more spontaneous <laughs> like yeah yeah like jack's i would not consider um i don't even remember his name it's just nicholas cage i don't <laughs> r- recall his character being sexy and spontaneous even though that he does go on adventures but I would say that Indy and Jack Sparrow are sexy and spontaneous. So I agree. <laughs> I do too. So Av, um, now that you've seen it, and because I wanted, there's so much to talk about with this movie. So I really want to dig in and first find out what you thought now that you've seen it, like overall thoughts and first impressions. I really liked this movie. <gasps> Yay! I'm so happy. I I didn't love it, and I think. That's just, again, because I'm not terribly into action movies. But I also appreciated mm-hmm. that the Yes is a very action-heavy movie. It wasn't drowning in only that. And, like, I was still engrossed the entire time. Which, as I get older, I'm finding myself, mm. like, I have less patience for that stuff. Like, if it's just action scene after action scene, I'm like, okay, what's happening here? Like, I've just, you've lost me with all the gunpowder f- <laughs> and people dying so um 
I thought this is really well done and like I get why it's a classic and I get why this is a beloved movie and it seems like it's become it's like had not a recent resurgence but like as you said Haley at the beginning it wasn't like an immediate success but it later became one and then it spawned all these sequels and it became a little franchise so like I get that and it it's not perfect by any means but it's fun it's entertaining and it was just like a good time and definitely mm-hmm. color purple was great we talked about it last time but like this is f- much lighter it's serious and it's got some <laughs> yeah. like, important things to say for the most for for some of it but like it's just a more like it's it's lighter and it's not as heavy and you can just like kind of sit back and just like let the movie do its thing and you can enjoy it and that was my biggest takeaway it was just like I had a good time watching it and I didn't have that many questions which like I didn't have to like rewind mm. the scene when Indy's talking about the loss like the arc and where it's located like, I was like I get it like yes the captions <laughs> were on so I could like read what they were saying but I was like I don't need to go back and rewind this I understand this and that's really helpful so like things made sense and I just, again, I had a good time and it would have been nicer to see it with you guys or just, you know, other people too, but watching it alone, I was, I was pretty happy. That's awesome. Yeah. I will say it's pretty clear. Like once you know, once you get like through that first yeah. act, you like are like, here's this guy. Okay. I know who this guy is now. What's the, what's the situation? Okay. Now here's the situation. And now like, we're going to go on this and fi- figure out this whole thing. So it is very uh, clear and linear in that way, which I think, I guess, helps. Because I feel like in contrast with Star Wars and, and your reaction to that, like the it sort of puts you in the middle like this one. But it it also like it, there's so many questions at the beginning and then you're really not yeah. sure. And and it's not as clear about what anything is. But this one is like, nope, this is this is it. And here we go. Well, and, and like, I hate to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if I hate to say it. I'm, but I, I tend to like nonfiction. I like to watch realistic movies or, or things about real life. I'm not really a fantasy person. And so, yes, there were some fantastical elements in this movie, but like it's set in the 1930s. It's set in a real city, in a real mm-hmm. location. Like I could wrap my head around yeah. this environment and this universe more than I could Star Wars. Sorry, everybody. But like that already, I was like, I'm more kind of in tune and I can kind of get more into this that much more faster um, than I could with a movie like Star Wars, which I I think we can talk about later. But like I did see some parallels, like I definitely Mm -hmm. saw some clear Mm. um, similarities there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the archaeology of the movie. Okay, so my big question for you, Liv, is, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you have a list, but what were things that were, like, accurate depictions of archaeology or, like, the archaeological process in this movie? And then mm-hmm. what were things that you were like, LOL, that's just hilarious. I'm like, that's <laughs> that's just for cinema or, like, I don't even know why they're doing that. Um, I'm curious. So, no, it, it's a great question, and I think it's an interesting answer because my answer depends on what, like, when you're asking me. If you're asking me now, almost none of it's accurate, Ooh. obviously. It's like, I mean, you know, it's just, it's not looking great. But, and I don't think that's a particularly controversial opinion in the archaeology world. Um, yeah, yeah. Or the museum world, for that matter. Uh but if you were to look at it from the perspective of the 1930s, 
in many ways, that is how archaeology was happening. And it's interesting because there's a scene at the beginning when um, uh, Indiana Jones refers to doing something for the museum. You know, I got these for the museum. Mm. And it alludes to this whole world of these museum-sponsored expeditions that would send archaeologists out to um, different countries to essentially go on treasure hunts. They would dig in a (laughs) not overly scientific way to pull out the really, like, sexy artifacts Mm -hmm. and bring them back for the museum. Um, And that's how museums like the British Museum were filled with goods that were taken from countries that they that the British had colonized um so it's really mm. kind of questionable but that is somewhat accurate to to how it was done um at that time so that scene at the beginning when he goes out to collect the golden idol like he's collecting that to bring it back for the museum and he doesn't succeed but that is kind of although the <laughs> the booby traps and everything is are quite sensationalized it is somewhat accurate in that regard um you know, were they competing with Nazis and like getting in gunfights and uh, stealing planes? Probably not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the one of the interesting scenes, um, or actually on that note though, like even archaeologists today do face conflict from and danger from looters, um, and mm. particularly in in the um, the Middle East today, there actually have been archaeologists who are are murdered by ISIS. So there was a, just a couple of weeks ago, um, there was an archeologist, uh, Khaled al-Assad. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He was the head of antiquities antiquities at the site of Palmyra in Syria. Mm -hmm. Um, He had been in that role for 40 years and he was murdered by ISIS in 2015. And just like a couple weeks ago, they found his body really grim. Um, And so not not to bring things uh, down to a really dark place. But, you know, there is, I think it just speaks to the accuracy that there is this level of kind of violence that comes with possession mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. These, these goods and stewardship yeah. of these of these artifacts because they're so important for the various cultures that they're associated with. Um, and then, you know, one of the scenes that I thought was so beautiful um and in the way that it was shot and so accurate was the when you kind of first get that glimpse of the the excavation scene in Egypt which Mm. um with this kind of you see this just mass of people and they're all working and digging and it seems to be it's presumably quite um predominantly locals um kind of being directed Mm -hmm. by in this case Nazis um but that is actually accurate to how digs were happening at that time. Um, foreign archaeologists would come in and hire local labor um, and then essentially take the goods back for themselves. Um, you, oh. you guys have probably seen the Egyptian wings at the Met or other museums. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, those, you know, goods were collected uh, in, in digs like that in many cases. Um, and you know, it became such a thing, like Egyptology especially became such a thing in the Victorian area era up to the, the 1930s that literally mm-hmm. people would have, they would buy mummies and have parties where they would unwrap them um, in front of a group of people. And I know, I know this is kind of oh getting a little God. bit away from the, um, the, the, what we see in the movie, but there is definitely this kind of 
obsession with Egyptology that was very present at this time. Um, and so it would absolutely make sense that Indiana Jones would have previously mm. excavated in Egypt would have contacts mm. there because that was kind of like a hot area for, for them to be pulling artifacts from. Um, and, you know, the other parts that are accurate, uh, <laughs> the drinking, the romance, so the, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like you're on a dig, a digging season is, I mean, it can be up to, you know, a couple of months, but you're in the situation with kind of a, a closed off group of people. Sometimes you're in a place where the people that you know that speak the same language as you are the people on the dig, um, Mm-hmm. things happen <laughs> there's a lot of drinking because you're you're digging all day and you're like just getting exhausted. really hot and sweaty <laughs> and you just want to cool off at night and have a, a beverage with your friends so those things are accurate but uh but otherwise I would say you know archaeology today is very precise very scientific you spend more time with a trowel and a brush and literally like bone tools like tiny mm-hmm. bone tools than you do with like a pickaxe or a giant shovel or yeah that um... that was one of the things that stood out to me <laughs> I mean I know like for this they were in a rush to get to the site where you know they had to put the staff and right. everything but like the <laughs> fact that he like brought all these like just regular looking shovels I was like no like that wouldn't or probably that wouldn't happen like that I mean you even would if you're just them? starting to dig a site I mean like I I've definitely know. used a pickaxe. I've definitely used a pickaxe very extensively and like a normal <laughs> shovel, but you're not doing that near something that's like has yeah. an inscription like that that you want to preserve and record. And also, there's a lot of time that you you will like take away an inch of dirt and then spend the next hour photographing it, drawing it, taking levels of it, like measuring every bit of it. Wow. So so that's also something that like slows down the process a lot. Like <laughs> yeah. you could spend an entire field season and get down maybe two feet into the into the ground, depending on where you're, you're studying digging. everything. Oh my God. Wow. You look at wow. everything and you try and conserve as much as possible because the idea mm-hmm. is that like archaeologists today know that their science is destructive. Like by nature of digging up a site, you are destroying mm-hmm. the kind of layer of what's been preserved thing that preserves it yeah and so you try and save as much as possible so it can be studied in the future so like you're you're doing your best to conserve like soil samples and even the pottery shards that are broken and look like you know not that interesting like Mm -hmm. you're saving all of that stuff um that's also something that like was very much not done a long time ago that's a big frustration for archaeologists now when you're going back into like and I worked in, you know, a museum, museum's collections where I was going through old, old, uh, like site boxes. And it was like, oh, you didn't record where this was from. And it's just a bag of, you know, pottery pieces. Like, oh my what God. am I supposed to do with this? If you know, I know what site it's from, but I don't know anything about Whoa. it. And that was just very common. Wow. Um, because it wasn't, you know, those weren't the attractive artifacts. Those weren't going to be in the museum because it was just you know looked like a pile of dirt but <laughs> it's an important pile of dirt so that is so yeah, fascinating really. I like can't even I want to like take a course on archaeology yeah. you like, should everybody should I fully oh my god that. that's so cool I had a you know I learned so much in school and it's a it's a fascinating field because and I I can I mean quickly get on my little soapbox of like 
I've studied history. I've studied archaeology. I'm in a museum studies program now where we talk a lot about history and kind of how it's represented to people. But there's something about like, you can't dispute finding something in the ground that's like, Mm -hmm. you can dispute all the things around it. But if you find this, you know, tool in the ground, it's there. It's in the ground. That's, you know, you pick it up. It's a concrete thing. But history is written by a particular group of people. It's written, you know, there's the saying it's written Mm -hmm. by the winners, but it's like often represented men, the wealthy, the ruling classes, whatever. Um, And archaeology is like a way to access the people who weren't written Mm. about and who or who couldn't write for themselves. Um, I mean, there's just something so kind of cool, powerful about that, that, you know, when you're doing archaeology in the way that they're showing in Indiana Jones, where it's like the archaeology of the rulers and the the wealthy, Mm -hmm. it's like kind of less interesting to me than like the actual like, you know, you're literally pulling infant bones out of the ground. Like different it's yeah. just different but right, step off so we should off. all so we should all become archaeologists is what you're saying yes except there's no jobs so. <laughs> <laughs> very few jobs <laughs> so but that is I'm so, so beautiful yeah I, I mean I really like I miss I miss doing it every day um you know it's not sustainable as a career for many people mm. um mm-hmm. but it's it's really a fun interesting thing to do so if i may like so that doesn't seem to be a thing anymore that museums basically subsidize excursions treasure hunts for lack of a better expression you know for archaeologists (laughs) like that's not a thing anymore so museums do still sponsor digs okay um i would say they adhere to the scientific method much better than they did way back when um Mm -hmm. they're definitely more focused on kind of research and building a body of knowledge um they are probably less focused on finding something like really sexy Mm. um but there's also so they are like long story short they are still kind of sponsoring digs but it's more in the name of science and discovery and scholarship than it is about filling their Mm -hmm. cases with beautiful objects that's that sounds commendable but it should be yeah (laughs) (laughs) it is museums still have their own issues and you know I'm I'm studying museum studies and I'm very much a museum person but I think anybody in that field will probably be among the first to acknowledge that museums still have a lot of work to do to to make reparations for the goods that Mm -hmm. they took from you know colonized places that goods that were looted and that they've taken um that they've taken in over the years where the provenance is really questionable there's a lot of work still to be done on that Mm. uh, on that front and even like i was reading something recently about just how like why museums have such vast collections and we're seeing like a fraction of Mm -hmm. that and like very little gets rotated out year to year or month to month or whatever so it's like what are they hoarding it for (laughs) who's it really for you know um if they want it why aren't there more places to go see it right that Um, warehouse scene is like very accurate at the end of the movie that's like it looks like a giant version of the (sighs) warehouse that i worked in that was a little scary oh my god 
Yeah. That is a little scary. Like, oh it's like it could just God. get lost there. Right. If I misunderstood, correct me, but it seemed like there's this notion of, oh, this is just another artifact. Like one of so many that we have. When like, to me, it seemed like they're ignoring or, or you know, not realizing the significance of this very important thing. Like it's not just another artifact. And maybe even that connotation is disrespectful. Like these are all important things that have significance and you're just literally boxing it up and putting it in a warehouse and maybe going to look at it however many years ahead of now or right. from now. Yeah, I think that's an interesting scene that can be interpreted in, in so many ways. And I think on one hand, it can be taken as like, you know, this object is a drop in the ocean of, mm. you know, all of these incredible objects. But I think on the other hand, it could just kind of tie back into like, we're going to do whatever it takes to hide this from the Nazis, including making yeah, this I was incredibly say. significant, like literal connection to God. <laughs> Just putting yeah. it away, like because you know, fuck the Nazis. Like. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, but I think it does. I think it can be taken both ways. Like I really yeah. do. I think, I think, and I think it can mean both things at the same time. Agreed. Absolutely. I hope my comment about like the museums doing excursions or subsidizing excursions or digs for scientific reasons. Like, I agree, like, that should be commendable, but I wasn't realizing that, like, in the past, it wasn't for that reason. Oh, no. And I, I think it is it is a good thing. Like, it is a good thing that they're doing it now. Is it Was it done well in the past? Probably not. But, like, they're definitely – museums are doing a better job than they were even 10 years ago, and they're going to just keep doing a better job as long as they um, prioritize, like, diversification and, like, paying attention to what people are saying. Um, and some museums are doing a much better job than others. And, you know, museum-sponsored digs now are not even anywhere near the same. Like, it is a good thing now. It it builds the, the body of knowledge and research and, like, especially in areas that, like, I don't know. There's, like, a lot of areas that where because of climate change, because of habitat destruction, because of conflict, there's like sites at risk. And so it's like really great when work can be sponsored there to preserve. If I may, I, I, I took this scene where Indy is getting challenged by um, someone in Cairo with a, a sword. I forget if there's like a name for that sword, that kind of, you know, Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say before. It's He's like, like showing off his just, moves and like, haha, I'm going to, you know, let's duel. And then he just like takes out his yeah. gun and shoots him. Like, oh, you. I know. And I felt so yeah. uncomfortable, but I was also like, I get why that's funny, even though it's not like it's bad, but it's poor in poor taste. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like in theory at that point, like all the people, they're kind of like, almost like video game like henchmen that you're yeah. just kind of like dismissing right. and that's kind of like in the same they're kind of like the stormtroopers of this mm -hmm. movie like so many of and the same goes for like pretty much all of the unnamed nazis yeah and i feel yeah. like at that point all of these characters and i don't necessarily agree with the way that they're portrayed but i think the characters themselves are like uh working at the behest of the nazis so it's like this is why there's mm -hmm. like he's just kind of like pew pew like they're trying to kill him like it, mm. But I, I do think it is, like, looking at it from the lens of this is how they're portraying 
these people and there's like they're all kind of interchangeable like uh, that's not great yeah but they are kind of like the stormtroopers um going off of something that you said just about how like um digs were sort of run by you know the wealthy colonizers and then um uh you know the the workers were basically the locals of wherever they were digging um how do you think how do you guys think um I guess like native peoples were uh, portrayed in this uh, film from the like, you know, tribe all the way in the beginning in the jungle to like just, you know, the people of Cairo um, thoughts. <laughs> it seemed I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like they wanted to portray what they thought was an accurate depiction, but I didn't get that. In, um, impression watching it seemed a bit like caricatures of what they thought like stereotypes it seemed I don't know how much you know research they did I don't know how much um, consideration was given it, it sort of seemed like here's what we right. think these people looked like and acted like and were like so um gonna try <laughs> to display that so it came off kind of um, ignorant and um, stereotypical to me yeah i think um there's definitely kind of like they're catering to the idea of what the average american viewer would think of as like Mm -hmm. what would a tribe in the amazon act like and that's what they portrayed it was kind of this like turning them into this like uh they you know obviously none of them are named characters they're just kind of like this group and they become this one kind of like slightly it's almost it's almost played to comic effect um when they're like chasing Mm -hmm. him and it it reminds me of that scene and maybe this is where we think of pirates of the caribbean or caribbean or um (laughs) but that scene (laughs) where like jack sparrow's running away from like the cannibals Um, Yeah, it's kind of like played in the same way where it's like these people are like depicted as savages and this is just, you know, uh, what it is. But I think it's not like for its time. It's not unusual, I don't think. Yes. And being that it's International Women's Day, I feel like we should talk about the one woman in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, How did you guys like... Marion, did you like her character? Did you um, agree with, I guess, what they did with her and how she was portrayed? Again, this is going to come up every time we talk about a movie that's, I would argue, 10 plus years old. So looking at watching a movie with our current understanding of the world, I immediately notice issues, you know, that, yeah, this is the only woman in the movie. And... um, she sort of is a damsel in distress at times and is very, can be very mm-hmm. dependent on indie. And, um, it doesn't really, I don't think it needs to really be investigated, but like, I don't know how old she was when her and him and, and Indy had an affair. Um, but it seems yeah. a little awkward that <laughs> his professor, he was dating his professor's daughter. I, I don't know. Um, but again, like this movie is, of a time and not that that makes things okay that are clearly problematic, but I don't think people making the movie at the time had the wherewithal to, to try to make her, um, 
any different. So I appreciated that she can, you know, fend for herself, that she has, you know, her wits about her. She's clearly smart and capable, but um, is sort of, she's not fully formed as a character. I don't really know that much about Marianne other than the few bits of facts that we learn about her. Um, And she's in the beginning of the movie and then she's in the last part of the movie. And so there's a good portion where we just, we think she's dead. Um, And that was a bummer. I was like, really? Mm -hmm. She died? That sucks. (laughs) Um, So I was glad to find out she wasn't killed, but um, it was a little shitty to be like, She's tied up and you're like with Indy, she's tied up. You're about to let her go. And then you're like, no, I can't let you go because that will draw attention. And like, I understand why <laughs> I, I was know. like, that's awful. <laughs> you're just going to leave her there. And like, I, as we discussed last week, I get very um, anxious and I have almost really no stomach for scenes uh, in film and TV about, you know, sexual violence. Um, or any mm-hmm. kind of assault. Like, I'm, again, losing tolerance for that. So I was a little nervous that we would see something violent happen mm-hmm. towards her in that scene with, um, oh, my God, I keep fucking up his name. Belloc. Thank you, Belloc. And, yeah. you know, I don't want to say I'm glad that didn't happen. I just appreciate, I guess, that, like, it didn't go that way. But it still made me a mm-hmm. little uncomfortable. No, I mean, yeah, it is. it is so weird. It's like, okay, they needed that scene where he, like, has her put on a dress i have a a bone to pick why is she literally they make her change into a dress multiple times in this film like she (laughs) she's in like a bridal gown the whole movie it's like really right so awkward it's choices like like, that that i'm like why does she need to be in a dress but again i think it's like they thought that was gonna sell i think right this is just my i guess because there's literally no reason for it other than like they're like oh this man wants to see you in it and then she does change and then there's that scene where that exact scene that you were just mentioning where Belloc is staring at her you know through the reflection in the mirror and you're like you needed that scene come on yeah yeah but I think it does in a way like it kind of foreshadows the fact that his own kind of horniness is his downfall that he like at that yeah. point in the end of the movie where Indiana Jones like give me the girl and I'll leave you guys alone and he's just like no like Belloc is just like no like he won't give her up like relax yeah dude. like there's definitely like an aspect of um showing his continued kind of obsession with her mm-hmm. um which I think is done to make him into this kind of creepy not not, a, not as much creepy but just kind of like it builds his character a little bit mm-hmm. but her purpose I, I mean I'm not saying her only purpose is to build his character I, I actually really like Marion as a character I think she has a lot of the same kind of bumbling qualities that we see in Indy um, mm. in ways that are like That's there are many points point. in the movie where she where you think she's going to be the damsel in distress. Like, I think about that scene. I love the scene. It's really gross. But the scene where, like, they're trying to get in the plane and the propeller's going and the oh, Nazi yeah. eventually gets yeah. his, like, little, yeah. you know, the, you know what I mean. <laughs> but, um, but she gets in that plane and she gets trapped. And she's, like, trying to bang, like, bang the windows, try to get out. And you're like, oh, my God. She's, I'm like, even re-watching it, I was like, oh, she's such a damsel in distress. I hate this. 
And then she like pulls out the machine gun and starts shooting the Nazis. Cool. I'm like, yeah. you yeah. go, girl. I love that. And I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for uh for dead Nazis, but um I just like loved that that transition of like distress to action that I think she has a number of times in the movie that is kind of making the best of the the situation that she fucked up her way into in the mm. same way that Indy does. Um and she also kind of like uses her feminine wiles in like a very kind of like seventies, eighties movie way. I'm but sure. yeah. I kind where of she like, like knows where her. she what she's doing a little bit. Like she's right. like, okay, I will put this dress on, but like you're such a sucker. And she's gonna pretend to get drunk. And, exactly. Like, exactly. I loved that. And I loved this the kind of connection between that first scene when we see her just like slinging the mask and then that that later scene (laughs) because she's genuinely like she is struggling because that looks you know disgusting the however 10 shots or something but but then to see that come back later I I just love that I really I also um I don't know have you guys seen Animal House yes yes and this is Karen Allen from Animal House I was so happy to know that to figure that out I just, I think she's really, like, I think she's really fantastic yes. at that kind of balance of, like, she definitely has had to play, like, the pretty girl character or the only girl character in this movie, mm-hmm. but she does it with a, I think she has a good sense of humor about it. She plays funny well. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not laughing at her. I feel like we're kind of laughing with her. Mm-hmm. And I felt that way about her character in Animal House, too, at times, but... I don't know. I, I really I'm a big Marion fan, but she's also she comes up in later movies, I think. Um, yeah, she definitely does. In she's Crystal in a couple Skull. more. Yeah, yeah. I so I no, I completely agree with you, Liv. So maybe I was a little too harsh in my initial response. But <laughs> no, I mean, no, your your thoughts are definitely valid. I, I think there's like clearly many different ways to read her, yes. too. And compared to Animal House, which I'm surprised <laughs> we've all seen that. But because um, that movie has not aged well, it's funny. But no. oh my god, is it problematic <laughs> it now? And like, uh, I love that movie, but yikes! Yeah, it's <laughs> so like that role compared to this, I think, is like a major step up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I liked her more than I didn't. I want to clarify, um, and I I was really pleasantly surprised to be like, it's her from Animal House. <laughs> like that made me really happy. Were you happy to oh, see yeah. that she was alive again? Yes, I was. I was I was also like, there's no way she's really dead. That's so Yeah, because it was so quick. <laughs> yeah, and like, also, Indy, you need right. to be more upset about this. Also, and we can maybe talk about it later, or we can talk about it now. I don't really get the relationship. That is something I was a little curious about and like a little unsatisfied with, is I didn't really understand what the relationship is, if it's anything at all. Her and Indy? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, I, I think we've kind of said it a little bit, but my understanding is that, yeah, she kind of became familiar with Indy through her, her dad and through either like going on these excursions with them or like, you know, being in the classroom or just him maybe being over at the professor's house. I don't know where she used to live and how she ended up in Nepal, but, um, yeah. you know, like it did seem like there was some weird thing that happened happened is that is is the thing that like you know he well because indy like implies that he had a falling out with her dad um Mm -hmm. and it was i think it was over her so 
Uh, they that's definitely, what they definitely yeah. hooked up. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think her dad like found out and got mad about it. But yeah, yeah. Which, if you think about it, if it was ten years ago, from when the movie was made, it was like nineteen twenty six. Pretty scandalous. Yeah. To be like yeah, getting involved <laughs> with people before before marriage. I mean, I don't think like maybe not that scandalous, but a little scandalous. Yeah. Um. Definitely. And so I think. There was probably, clearly the falling out was serious because mm. it was, had been like, what, 10 years? and Yeah. And I'm not sure where they, he does, they don't really wrap it up nicely in terms of their relationship either. Like, they kind of leave it ambiguous. So that's mm-hmm. my understanding of it, Av. But I don't know if you took something else from it or just had more questions about it. I think I'm baby being a little too harsh and wanting like a clear cut are you together? Are you not? Are you F? <laughs> no, no. Are you FWBs? Are you <laughs> girlfriend? <laughs> like, what are you? I, and it's like, I shouldn't yeah. be looking for that kind of label because that doesn't matter. Because I do think it's clear that Indy clearly cares about her and she clearly cares about him. And it's a little fluid sort of how their relationship is. I just, yeah. I found myself a little confused at times, but I think that's like a not important part of the movie. It's just like a added, you know, plot device to like keep it, I think, more exciting spicy. for viewers. Yeah. Definitely keep it spicy. <laughs> yeah. But his like emotional, like um, romantic range in this is the same as yeah. it is in Star Wars. It's like he's literally, the, Han Solo is literally the same amount of interested in. Yes. Uh, as in Leia in the first like two as. Uh, Indy isn't Marion, I would say. I feel like we're getting a glimpse at the real Harrison Ford oh, here in yes. this way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in some way. Um, and, you know, I think I think they do leave it very much open after, and I agree. I think especially, like, taking it as its own movie, it's very unsatisfying. Yeah. Like, you're like, what is going on? What are you? But, in, you know, the way that many real-life relationships right. are. <laughs> but I think... <laughs> I think um, I think they do that on purpose for the per- like for the purpose of not making him look like a huge asshole in subsequent <laughs> movies mm. when there's other female leads. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, um, I think that's my that's my take on why it's vague. Uh, that's but, yeah. interesting. Um... I would argue the scene, which I thought was kind of sweet until it wasn't, when um, <laughs> she's taking care of him in the sub in the submarine, the ship, and he's yeah. like, "Here doesn't hurt," pointing to his forehead. Oh my god, I and hated like, that. I was like, really? I thought it was, I thought it was kind of cute, and then he just fucking falls asleep after they make out. What the fuck? I would argue that's similar to uh, in Star Wars when Princess Leia is like, "I love you," and he's like, "I know." Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> I think he also had been just like I'm trying to think of like when he woke up that morning. <laughs> like when when was morning for him? Like it was like before they excavated. I think he had like literally been up. Yeah. Oh, but she life. had two, I think. Wasn't she tied up to that thing or something? But she was sleeping though oh. for a while. Like she was left alone while they were out excavating. So yeah. Although, not to say that that wasn't very traumatic, but she definitely, like, like was Bella able to came check. back to the tent and she, like, woke up. Yeah. That's true. 
but and he had that whole like car chase and he'd been shot yeah whole (laughs) ordeal no excuses (laughs) (laughs) it's like i think the thing that made that so frustrating is like she kind of she's trying to take care of him and initiate like a little bit and then he like basically initiates it more and then he like falls asleep so you're like god damn it just yeah, like put I yourself think... together Harrison yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I mean but she woke up like naked so I feel yes, like I noticed that I was like <laughs> okay you're grabbing your nightgown so what right. happened but whatever yeah. they definitely boned they definitely oh, yeah. boned <laughs> archaeology pun intended <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping that in <laughs> There's so many good archaeology puns, I feel like. Anything with dig just... I'm Yeah, I'm already thinking of our episode description, and it's going to have the word dig in it. Great. <laughs> you definitely tagged me at diglib. Yes. 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 <laughs> the other thing that I was, I was reading about, because I was curious, um, they filmed this in Tunisia, in the same place where they... I don't know exactly the same place, but that's where they also filmed Tatooine. Oh um, my god, what, crazy. Is that, a, is yeah. that another movie? <laughs> Maybe George oh, Lucas. Tatooine in Star Wars. It's like oh. Luke uh, Luke Skywalker's home planet. We're not mm-hmm. keeping that in this episode. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. Oh, no, no. I, no, we are. It was we more are. just a fun fact for you guys. <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> I was like, maybe George can, Lucas was already there and he was like, hey, uh, you can use my production company. We're already <laughs> filming at Luke's house. Right. A two for one. Can I, can I can <laughs> yeah. ask a question about the, while we're on that topic? Yeah. yeah. So George Lucas wrote the screenplay or he wrote the story? He wrote the story. Yeah. So he just along with somebody. He else. just thought of this on his own. This is an original thing that he created. Well, he, there was there's other writing credits, but like or like in conjunction yeah, he with did other a, people. But like this isn't based yeah. off of some other source material. I mean, there may have been other and again, I'm speculating here. I should have done the research on this, but um yeah, there may have been other like things he was picking up on. Um, like, I don't know what re- readings he may have came- come across and was like, oh, we could pull that or like, or if he just wanted to write an adventure story. I have no idea, like mm-hmm. a different one, because this was in between uh, the second, you know, original release Star Wars movie and the third one. So um, this was shot, I think, between those. So um, he was already like well into that universe. Maybe he just wanted something on this planet. I don't know. So interestingly and this makes sense for the kind of age of spielberg and george lucas this character is very much inspired by like pulp fiction novels Mm. and those kinds of like Mm -hmm. pulpy characters which also totally tracks with the kind of like i was talking earlier about the egyptology being super romanticized Mm. and like people were obsessed with like this kind of like exotic whatever like this is totally on par with with that like i don't know if you guys ever um looked at like read the tintin comics no like they're definitely um they're definitely kind of still racist these are look racist these days in some ways but um they had a lot of like adventures to like yes. lost civilizations mm, and stuff. That's um, right. Which I think is kind of like in the same vein as as like a classic mm. pulp. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I just I literally just pulled it up. <laughs> we do that all the time. It's all good. Yeah, we're like, oh, let's answer this question right now. Yeah. Um, Ab, were there any other scenes or like I don't know moments that, that stood out to you that you want to like just mention or discuss? 
I loved the shot of, and I think this is maybe a couple like scenes after the one that you mentioned, Liv, about the excavation happening, but it's a, it's clearly, I think, like a zoomed in shot from far away, but you can see the sun beaming in the background and mm-hmm. Indy and all of the other workers sort of going at it with the dig um, once they know that like that's the location where the uh, arc is. I just thought that was really cool and really pretty um, mm-hmm. from a visual I, standpoint. I love that. Also, I, f- I yeah. feel like it clearly represents the like literal like sweat, heat, work involved in like yep. getting this whatever you're looking for and in this case it's the arc you know discovered and like you know yeah. the the physical labor involved it's i totally it's such a beautiful scene and a beautiful visual and mm-hmm. i think it's so it's one of those like the theme or a uh, kind of visual theme that carries throughout the movie is this like silhouette of indiana jones with his hat yes. and his like and I love the way, like, you see it at the beginning before you even meet him as a character. And it kind of, like, carries through. You see it when he meets Marion. You mm-hmm. see it, um, or when he encounters Marion again. Um, <laughs> and you see it a few other times. But in this setting, it's always a shadow. And then in this setting, it's actually him being framed by the sun. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, it's so beautiful. And it's so, um, it just, like, kind of reminds me of, like, like a movie poster like it's like that's like the scene that's like yeah i think that's why weirdly like his outfit um is so iconic because like Mm -hmm. something like that in costume design where you have (laughs) such a strong visual or like you know the hat alone and and the whip like having that silhouetted so many times it's like all i need is that and i could be you know dressed in anything but as long as i have a hat it's like the vibe of indiana jones um which i think is really cool it sets it up throughout the movie. It's set up to be iconic. Yes. Like it's just, yeah. Yeah. which is awesome. I thought that his reveal in this was like so much better than any of the like characters in Star Wars that we we had discussed. Like how Luke's um, original <laughs> yeah. uh, on screen moment was like kind of underwhelming, and this one you're like, you know, we don't even see Indy's face until he's like literally in the middle of the action, like the first time we see him use the whip, and um, yeah. it's just great. It really is. It's such a it's such a good like build up to this. I know. Like you're thrown in into this dramatic scene and it's like who is the main character mm-hmm. and it's you know the reveal is he is so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Has a whip. Like it's just it's great. It's a great payoff for this like kind of build up. Um, but I yeah, it's it's such a great scene. I totally agree. This isn't really uh, I guess I, there's just another question for you Av. like uh you know knowing how you reacted to uh those sort of like more violent scenes in color purple but also just a lot of action scenes in other movies that we watched um i was curious there is a lot of like violence and action in this yes um did that turn you off or like were you kind of like this is sort of this is how this movie's supposed to go i yeah i think the latter it's I hate to say it, but I, I feel like I almost just got a little desensitized watching. Mm. It's like kind of like what you were saying too, Liv. It's like these people are just henchmen and like you just don't know yeah. them. They're yeah. just and bodies they're that, you know. <laughs> and they're not. Well, <laughs> right. Yes. Um, but also like even um, the, you know, townspeople in the market in Cairo, uh, like mm-hmm. in the squares there, like 
there's like that one scene where like a bunch of men just come at Indy and Marianne. And I think mm-hmm. even I noticed while Indy's trying to like fight them all off one by one, Marianne, like she falls and she gets back up and she takes this pot and she just starts banging them on the head. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. But then I'm like, Avril, this is kind of fucked up. Like, they're hurting each other. That's not good. Um, So, yeah, I think I just kind of got a little, like, used to it. Um, And I think something we've mentioned in another movie, the placement of the music, the, you know, the classical, you know, overture, you know, the theme to Indiana Jones was placed in certain parts where... I'm then made to feel like it's okay that we're watching this violence happen because it's Indy <laughs> doing his thing and, and, you know, kicking ass. And so that made me feel like I don't need to be uncomfortable by the violence, even though I probably would be if there wasn't music there or if it was framed in a different way thematically. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely yeah. lightens it. It makes it, I mean, you're totally right that it's, I feel like some of the violence that you see in movies is so impactful. And I, I can't speak to kind of your reaction, but some of it is so upsetting to watch because it feels mm-hmm. very personal yes. and very relatable. Yes. Yeah. And although the violence is like definitely horrific, I mean, people's faces literally yeah. melt, but yeah. it's like, it's, it's kind <laughs> of like ludicrous. Like it's, yeah. oh no, but it's funny. Like it would never right, happen. Right. And that's yeah. why it's like, you know, it's definitely like, Although the kind of more on the street, like people beating each other up, that that's more realistic. Right. It's not like they are like anonymized, and they are you know they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. It's very clear cut mm-hmm. that like we're not supposed to like these guys, so it doesn't feel as like yeah as much of like a wrong. It's right. like right, it's the right I- thing to do to to kill nazis right and i don't yeah and i don't know if they were they were doing this intentionally at the time or just watching this sort of dated movie now it seems like you know they were doing certain things during those action scenes or when you know a lot of violent things were happening where you were kind of like this is so i can't really i'm not really sure what the word is but like not cinematic but like this is so i'm watching a movie like you know it's like a hollywood Mm -hmm. thing like you're like oh this guy's probably like up on a wire like being pulled over here and like they like did this stunt flip over here and now the Mm -hmm. music's playing like it feels so like i'm watching an old like movie (laughs) so it kind of very cinematic yeah it doesn't like i'm like it's so not a real scenario that it's like like you said live like so impersonal a little bit that you're kind of like oh it's it's fine. And and it's still Nazi. So you're like, it's fine. Right. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how much empathy, if any at all, I need to extend here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's, you don't need to extend the empathy. Right. That's absolutely how I would put it. That's very true. I do. Um, I like that you mentioned the score, though, because John Williams oh, is I like, know. he's incredible. And he has this, similar to Star Wars, he has this like, brassiness to his themes mm. that are is just so epic it like yes, yes it and it's it's beautiful and it's powerful and it's so memorable yeah and it just it makes it like avril what you said before is like about how it makes it like this is indie doing his thing it's like the themes are truly powerful mm-hmm. as themes they really do trigger something in your brain yeah. that's like subconscious mm-hmm. almost I love that. I really love the score in this movie. Yeah, Av, did you know the theme song before? Yes. 
I probably should have. You did? <laughs> yeah, I probably should have mentioned that. But like that is, I almost, it's like, I know that's part of this movie, but I've heard it in so many other things mm-hmm. that it's like, I can almost disassociate it from the movie, even though I know it's a part of it and from it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it almost has taken yeah. on a life of its own, if if that's possible, if that's true, it seems to <laughs> yeah. me. I also couldn't help but hear similarities between that theme and the Star Wars theme. And I'm like, oh, maybe, he, and maybe I'm just conflating that it's John Williams and it's no, George Lucas no. um, and it's Harrison Ford. Like, uh, maybe I'm looking for a connection there that's not, but um, it I did mean, sound a little similar. Yeah, I think it's there. It, it's very much so there. I, But yeah, epic is a great exp- uh, description because it, it very is. it's very cinematic. It's very sort of captivating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of, like, I don't know. I'm not, like, a good... Um, uh, finder of new music so I tend to a lot of the times listen to movie scores when I'm just like at work or something and so I listen to a lot of John Williams and Av, I can definitely tell you that there are a lot of little riffs where it mm. sounds like the first three notes are that yes. Star Wars theme but then it like kind of <laughs> changes and then you're like oh that's Indiana like <laughs> I mean there are moments even at home alone where I listen to the score and I'm like that sounds like Harry Potter because it's the same guy so there right. definitely is a connection there. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely has a style that's that's quite distinct. Yes. Um, yeah. But I think he it's like thematic elements are there, but he still manages to create a kind of unique mm-hmm. and interesting, exciting, applicable kind of theme um, for each each movie, which or each series, which I just I love. Um, so great. I love his music. Yeah. I just, just I think like it's warm and fuzzy. So fun. Yeah, it, but it's it also is. Like it really amazing. is. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's it's very it feels nostalgic. Yes. Yeah. Any other things? I kind of did a weird. I don't know how to like bring it up naturally, but I kind of did a deep dive on if it was accurate if um, uh, the Nazi Party during that time was actually like interested in I historical was artifacts. Ask this too. Yes. So that is accurate. And they mm-hmm. were looking for kind of any evidence that like the Germanic people were like superior to any other race. Like they were doing all these comparisons where like, well, the Romans were so much more violent than we were. And like, so we clearly are the superior than they are because we are not savages and like all these things. Um, and they did actually look for the Ark of the Covenant and also they really heavily looked for Atlantis which I thought was Mm -hmm. funny um, because they were I I think they had read something where it was you know in the seas north of Germany and they were like let's if, if this is here we can obviously make the case for that we're better than everyone else because we're the original you know people and you're just like oh my god these people were like looking for atlantis (laughs) they were obsessed with this idea that they were the i mean you guys would be familiar with the phrase the master race like they thought that that was them and they thought that the master race had invented civilization and so they were obsessed with finding evidence of evidence Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so it's like Atlantis as the first civilization which Atlantis is not real yeah um spoiler alert wait it wasn't real (laughs) (laughs) it was based on the story was probably based on a number of things but um definitely not Germanic um but it it is really kind of wild they had a whole and Haley I don't know if this came up in your research too but it's like they had this like institute 
totally dedicated to archaeology. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a big obsession. Like it was, you know, a huge priority for them to find evidence of this. Yeah, um, they were looking is... through like all these Germanic texts, but also like, yeah, just doing digs in other parts of the world trying to find this this evidence. And it's just so, of course, like so, I mean, it seems so ridiculous now and obvious to us, but like, you know, like they're looking for all this evidence and then it's like, okay, for... I don't know if it was just because the movie was in Cairo, but you're like, okay, you're clearly looking for this thing that's, like, not real. And even if you found it, cool. But, like, tell that to the Egyptians who, like, you know, who are, like, living next to the pyramids. I mean, come on. Like, how can you, like, compare it? It's just crazy. I am... And this could potentially be another archaeology soapbox that I hop up (laughs) onto quickly, but I took a... A really fantastic class at Michigan called Frauds and Myths in Archaeology with my favorite professor, Dr. Lisa Young. She's absolutely incredible. Shout out. Um, she's I, – I just, like, learned so much from her. Um, she's a really, really great teacher. But she teaches this class that um, connects, like, theories like this mm-hmm. and kind of the ways that the Nazis thought about um archaeology and used pseudo archaeology mm-hmm. and made these connections to the past to really like they weaponized the past in a way that harmed people in the present mm-hmm. um in their present and that's something that still happens today mm-hmm. like the i mean neo nazis and like white supremacists use ancient history to like justify yeah their and to motivate and tie together their actions Mm -hmm. um but it's also really fascinating and and this is like indiana jones related because the fifth movie spoiler alert is about (laughs) ancient aliens and that made me so angry wait stop Um, (laughs) oh my god (laughs) but there's this whole idea and and it does actually connect to atlantis because many people say that um you know atlantis was built by aliens but this idea of like ancient aliens coming to the earth teaching people in different parts of the world conveniently almost never europe um, on teaching people in different parts of the world how to build things and use electricity and build pyramids and shit and then just like scooting off back to space (laughs) um (laughs) bye like (laughs) it's like it's preposterous but there's an entire like empire on the history channel dedicated to this show ancient aliens and this concept um there's hours and hours of television let alone at all of the online forums conspiracy theories whatever um but these ideas like they're silly but they're also like very racist like the idea that like the people in you know for example in the indiana jones movie it's in central america that thought that yeah like the thought that they couldn't build the pyramids that they built on their own or the fact that the Mm -hmm. Egyptians needed aliens help (laughs) when they were actually just like mathematical geniuses. Like it's just like, there's this long history of people using archeology span and history and warping it for their own Mm -hmm. means in such a, like a violent bigoted way that it's, so important to tell these stories like accurately and so it was so frustrating coming from this indiana jones it's like punching nazis to this indiana jones that is like 
<laughs> like talking and validating the theory of ancient aliens. It was oh like my God. so antithetical. I've seen the fifth one, but I I'm curious <laughs> now, but good footnote going in. Yeah, it's just it's very frustrating. Um because it is like so I mean, the Nazis were like you know, the the perfect example of how you weaponize history. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. Indiana Jones spent the entire movie killing them, which is dope. <laughs> like, good. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I'm glad you brought that up, though, Haley. It's such a creepy... It's, like, wild that that's real. Like I know. I was like, I was like, is that accurate? And I was like, stop. This is... I mean, it makes sense, mm-hmm. but I was also, like, I a little bit shocked. Unfortunately, I understand why that's real like yeah it's just it it makes sense even though it shouldn't because that's so fucked up yeah if you want to get down a real rabbit hole look up the way that um like Mussolini was obsessed with ancient Rome Mm. and led um and like sponsored excavations oh my god there it's crazy they found crazy stuff which is I mean cool but it's kind of like it's it's really fascinating it's a very um like it it is kind of wild how these powerful evil mm-hmm. men try to make connections to the past between the past and themselves that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. there in order to validate their power it's really like it's evil nefarious yes yeah <laughs> oh that's crazy archaeology <laughs> oh my god it's that's so myself. fascinating though oh my gosh hashtag we should it all really be archaeologists is. um i was kind of curious about especially your take avril coming into this movie not having seen it um whether you were expecting them to find the literal actual ark of the covenant (laughs) and how you felt about the supernatural elements of this movie um because it definitely is weird (laughs) looking back for me it gets like (laughs) it gets almost to that alien place where you're like Wait, yeah. where this took a turn? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did think they were going to find it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it to have the power that it does. Of face melting? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly, specifically that. Um, I was along for the ride. I was like, I'm, I'm in this. I'm invested. And like, yeah. bring it on. Um. And I, like, yeah, was more on board than not watching. But that wasn't real, right? Like, the Ten Commandments were real. But, yeah. like, this, the temple of... The uh, well of souls. Well of souls. And this arc. I don't think so. I don't think and that is. I, sh- this, like, I was going to... staff that can show you the direction of where it's located. Like, all of that's no. made up, right? Yeah. Yeah. But... One of the things that was surprisingly accurate, um, or somewhat accurate, the like outfit that Belloc wears when he's doing that ceremony. That's real. So, so part of it is the at least part of it the the like ornament that he's wearing on his chest, mm-hmm. like the breastplate. That is um, those twelve stones represent the twelve tribes of Israel, and that is a an ornament they don't know exactly what it looked like necessarily but supposedly it's like i think is described in the um the bible and the the torah i believe um i'm not uh 
a good Jew, but (laughs) those, those 12 stones do represent the 12 tribes. And I Mm. believe if you guys have ever seen Jesus Christ Superstar, I think the temple priests in that movie wear something similar. I have not. But I'm going to, I'm going to double check. I have not seen that. Is that a movie we should put on the list? (gasps) I've only seen the play. You guys, it's so I know. Okay. Okay. All right. I will literally sing the entire soundtrack. We should watch it like in person yeah. when we can because I just want to. Should we do a group time. watch? I've been dying to do I'm one of down. those. Okay, that's interesting. Thank you for that context. Yeah. Um, so that was just I found kind of funny to realize now. Um, but also looking at the Jesus Christ superstar costumes, <laughs> it's like uh, a BDSM version <laughs> of what Belloc is wearing. So. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm interested already. You guys have to watch that movie. It is so campy. It's amazing. Anyway, we're getting off. That could be like a cult classic. (laughs) It probably is a cult classic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's so good. It's so good. So good. Um. Anyway. (laughs) Well, and and if I may ask a question on this topic, how did Indy know to close his and Marianne's eyes? Like, how did he know? Like, don't look when it's. When the power is essentially being activated. <laughs> or is that just like, we can't know, know and it's we're not supposed to know? I don't know. I think that's supposed to be like, he's so smart. He <laughs> knows all of the legends and all of the, and all of the text, about the- which is also like not that realistic. Like archaeologists nowadays specialize so specifically on like, um, you know, ways of making bread in this particular ancient Greek island. Like it's like so niche. Wow. So the way his breadth of knowledge is not necessarily like overly realistic, but um, yeah, I don't think that's ever really explained. Okay. I was just unless it's at the beginning. Like, does he? Because I feel like he repeats some kind of like legendy thing, but I don't actually know. I'm I don't yeah, think I'm not he sure if he, he says it, it at the beginning, which would have been a good like moment to say it but he just sort of was like close your eyes and she's like almost like can't keep them closed and i'm like dude it's probably not that hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's like definitely some like <laughs> peeking i know i'm like that's cheating come on yeah. well it's like they open their eyes i mean i guess maybe to continue answering your question live like this part i was a little like all right they open their eyes their <laughs> binds have been completely undone and i know <laughs> Like they're fine, and then the next scene is they're in Washington D.C. and they're okay. Like, right? Yeah, that was like there's no middle. He- yeah, I'm I mean, like, okay, I'll just go along with this. Um, but I feel like they played I, out the other parts that are a little unbelievable better. Like, yeah. I'm like, all right, there's enough like context here, or, like explanation, or you know, just understanding. But like that part, I was like, all right, I don't really get it, but okay. I also love the the kind of brief. And I'm just, I was just thinking about this, the, the brief foreshadowing of, like, what is to come with the rats on the ship. And they're just, like, losing their minds. Do you guys remember that? Where they're, like, twitching and, like, Wait, no, the rats are, like, going wild. Oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> like, when the, the crate is on the ship, you see the rats, like, going up to it. And they're kind of, like, they're, like, twitching. They're, like, Stop. freaking out. I don't know why. And I then the swastika gets burnt. Which I love because it's like the Hebrew God is burning the swastika. He's saying, fuck you guys. <laughs> like, I just love it. Um, but and this is before suppo- the you know, war. <laughs> right. Oh, I know. God. Yeah. It's, I just, I think it's like so like 
it's I know it's meant to be very dramatic, but it just it, this scene cracks me up with the rats just kind of like freaking out. I gotta I gotta go back and watch the rat scene. This is more of a comment, and we kind of mentioned it earlier, but yeah, I was like, Salah is my favorite character, and then to find out that he is not Egyptian and in brown face, I was like, uh, I, I sort of now thinking back on it, like he isn't totally developed. He's really just. Indy's partner and like is really just there to like help him figure out and and get to the next step in the in the process mm-hmm. um but I just appreciated how like gung-ho he was and supportive he was like that was nice um and that like he's on Indy's side and on the right side and his but... whole family doesn't he have like, right, and the kids, all these kids yeah I know I, but that was just god I love the kids all rescuing yes. him <laughs> what is he saying I know for a second like... I forgot that he that his friend had all those children and i was like in that scene in in the bar where they're all the guys that have the guns pointed at him and all the children run up i'm like oh okay that's realistic and then i was like oh oh that's it's Salah's kids but i was like that's like the weird i was like that's such a weird thing to write in here (laughs) also well quickly speaking of um sort of like early scenes in cairo like that one it's not anything of importance in terms of the storyline, but I just thought it was beautiful. That shot of it's when they're first in Cairo and they're on this rooftop and like everyone just looks really tan and like hydrated. Gorgeous. And it just looked (laughs) beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, maybe that's because it's still winter here and been isolated for so long that I'm like, that just looks really beautiful and nice. It did. I know the whole like market scene. I was like, I would kill to just go to a market like that. Um, And I think it's also like, in a way you're with, you're following this character, Marion from a very isolated, cold, Mm -hmm. dark, like, I mean, we only see her at night in in this like little village, but, and then she's in the sun and it's like warm and she's not like, you know, attending. She's not, throwing back 10 shots at <laughs> right. like, so it's kind of like we're in this like we're in the winter right now too so we want yes the, I want the we sun. want to go to the market yeah. yeah I totally agree also yeah I would love to go to Egypt one day I don't know if I ever will but I like really it looks yeah. it look like this movie aside other things I've seen in movies tv and just elsewhere like looks it beautiful. looks beautiful and yeah I mean there's so much history um I digress Dr. Octo from Spider-Man 2. Is he in this movie? Is he that little twerp in the beginning who like tries to yes. steal the Yes. The Literally relic? like the first scene, David was like barely watching and he turns and he's like, oh, it's that guy. Spider-Man 2. I'm yes. like, I don't recognize him. I'm like, I'm I don't. Thank you. That's his name. I was totally yeah. blanking on it. Okay. I know. I knew that he was in the movie, but I like didn't, it didn't register that it was him, that mm. that character was him. Um, That's so funny that it's, I guess, like, this movie seems like it took place so long ago, but also that Spider-Man was very recent, but it wasn't because, like, that was, like, how old is that movie? Like, over 10 years? Yeah, like, I think it's 15 years old, actually. Oh, God. Well, and oh, God, I'm so Spider-Man old. 2 is 2004. <laughs> I'm on IMDb. Oh, it's even... It's 17 <laughs> years old. It's crazy. Shit. And oh, it's Alfred God. Molina. Who yeah. is that guy in the beginning? Also, this movie is um, 30 years old. No, 40 years old. It came out in 81. What? Yeah. <laughs> this movie's 41 oh years old. Oh, my God. 40. 
And it came out wow. only a few days before your birthday, Liv. June 12th. Well, June. I mean, you well, weren't at all. I'm Liv's birthday in. <laughs> I'm old, but I, I know. I just, I love that you love this movie. I was born in 1994 for yes, the record. Sorry. <laughs> Liv is not yes, 40. But it, it did come out it in is, June. I did think about the, that. I was like, oh, I just, that's yeah, funny. the birthday connection. That's all I was getting at. Nothing more. <laughs> this movie's a gem, and I just like Exactly. Me. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, I could get, dive into the duality of, of Gemini-ness, <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> oh, that's a different different episode. Different we'll podcast. Yeah, different podcast. Um, all right, I'm just going to go kind of down the line here. Yeah. This yeah. might be an un- unanswerable, but how did they get all of the spiders on them? Just by walking into that cave, they just like got all the like i just it was a little freaky they, it's such it's such a preposterous yeah. amount of spiders I know. And, <laughs> and it's not like they were like going through any webs or anything it's just like right. oh, they're already there but then at the end of that sort of um scene uh or that act he like exits the cave and it's literally like you know the halloween um like uh, spider webs that you put on like your bushes in the, like yes. the stretchy like they, that's like what they put on him and you're like this looks so fucking fake yeah. like, <laughs> but it's still a t- such a tense yes. scene though i, I don't know it's, like, this, like, it's so like thing. silly and the the bodies too like i feel like you see so many dead yes. bodies in this you movie do. and they're like they're like clearly not real. Right, They're right. not that realistic, but they are still creepy yeah. as hell. That scene where Marion is like in the tomb and there's all the bodies like yeah. touching her, I almost felt like I know they're all dead, but I was like, that feels a little gross. And like, yeah. yes. there's one it just scene... was weird that she was in the middle of it. <laughs> I don't know. I forget if it's that Didn't one like it. or in the beginning, but there's a shot of a corpse with a snake going through its mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that, I, that's scene. that scene. That, that was, was gross. Creepy. Yeah. Do we know what college he's teaching at in DST? I have that question too. I was like Princeton, I think. Really? Okay. Okay. I I think. I don't know. Because I, it showed um, him leaving me, from California. And I was like, you know, on that map where it like it, it has like the dual exposure, it's the scene where he's like flying to Nepal mm. and it shows him leaving from California. So I was like, is he teaching at Berkeley? But it didn't look like Berkeley. So no. it's a fictional college. I think they might have filmed at oh, Princeton. Okay. Um, that I that could have gotten that completely wrong, but it's called Marshall oh. College. It's a fictional school named after producer <laughs> Frank Marshall. Okay. Um, and he previously studied under Egyptologist and archaeologist <laughs> Abner Ravenwood at the Oriental Institute of the University right. of Chicago. Um interesting i don't know where they filmed it sidebar i don't know if you were gonna like also mention this avril (laughs) but sidebar about like the college and his classroom the women in her his class were fucking bold i love that that girl wrote (laughs) love you on her eyes that is so that's an iconic moment yeah well an iconic okay moment Uh, <laughs> I I love that scene because it's just like you put him in glasses and it doesn't do anything like to take tweed, away from how yeah, hot he a is. Laser, and he's like every student in that class, men and women, are yes. absolutely enamored yeah. by him. And I feel like I don't know about you guys, but I have had mm-hmm. those teachers before. Oh, yeah. Like, shouts out to <laughs> I won't say any names, but like, yeah, but that was uh, <laughs> very bold of her. I I thought, yeah. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of switching gears. I, I guess this is a comment. I cringed when Marianne said, you can't do this to me. I'm an American. <gasps> yes. I wrote that down too. I was like, Ugh. I was like, bitch, that Let's... doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like supposed to be kind of like tongue in cheek though. Like I was thinking that maybe she's too. just saying it because she's like trying everything to like, mm get out be like to raise a stink like she's trying to be difficult maybe and i feel like it's kind of in line with like how she always is kind of like trying to be a nuisance to anybody who's like Mm. trying to like harm her but it is a very obnoxious thing to say i'm like oh of course she's like yelling in this thing and like he's like you know destroying everyone's laundry baskets to like get to her and she's like yelling in this laundry which is like okay he has to go save her Mm -hmm. but then yeah for her to say that you're just like oh no (laughs) i I don't think we can answer this but where does he get a horse to go chase after um (laughs) it was so dramatic it was just in the camp i think it was like probably a workhorse yeah that's what i was thinking yeah because like it was probably pulling a car or something he literally he pulls a an an indie he's like i don't know i'm just making it up as they go and then the next shot is him on a horse riding (laughs) up after the car i heard i think my mind just filled in the gap of like yeah he probably got a horse from the camp i didn't like even think about it i feel like you don't see really any horses but it just kind of like right no sense sure why not you see the one i do love that like the ensuing car chasing with like there's just so many like classic good fun cinematic elements in that with Mm -hmm. like kind of humor and drama and like it's just like kind of like taking these guys down one by one like in the Mm -hmm. car it's just Mm -hmm. i i don't know I, i love that as an action scene um and it actually reminded me of the uh, a scene from the most recent season of the Mandalorian um Haley you'll mm. you might know what I'm talking about where they're in that like mining planet with um they like pick up that guy from the the prison yeah. oh yes 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 it yes. reminded me of that like those they that felt like a similarly like really mm. fun action sequence chase there's like people and cars it's kind of like Mm -hmm. i like i love that i love the way it was done in in indiana jones and it Uh i felt like i that scene in the mandalorian like was inspired by that in some ways oh probably and have you guys seen the most recent mad max yes Uh, fury road yeah yes Okay, it reminded me of that too, some of the parts mm. of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like the cars in the dust and it's like going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And having to like crawl um, on them. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it was like a light Mad Max yeah. for a minute. But. I feel like I'm not, I'm not really like a car person. So I love when or I strongly prefer a car chasing like that where there's like people involved and you actually like I would much rather see that than like, like a chase scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like – yeah, I'd rather see that than, like, like I don't care. They're kind of in, like, dirty trucks. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, I don't care if you're driving a sports car. <laughs> it's like, okay, we know it can go right. fast. Yeah. Like, great. Right. No, I totally agree. Yeah, I don't... If we ever do a Fast and Furious movie, because there's, like, a gajillion... <laughs> we will, because I've never seen <laughs> any of them. Wait, same. I've never seen any of them. <laughs> oh, shoot. I thought... Oh, damn it. Okay. Well, we'll we'll figure it out. But, like, yeah, like, that's if I'm, like, I just get kind of bored. 
which is maybe ironic because it's supposed to be like this high action thing but like no it just like drones exactly it just a little bit it becomes sort of monotonous if that makes sense and like with this movie and that scene in particular like there's enough of different things happening that it keeps me enticed and like you said Liv, there are like funny elements and like non-action elements in that action sequence Mm -hmm. that make it sort of all-encompassing and enjoyable but that's yeah that's all i have for comments questions things pretty much anything else Liv? you want to say or yeah i guess just my one takeaway with this movie i i love this movie um i love indiana jones as a character i much prefer when people hear that I've studied archaeology that they say like oh you're like Indiana Jones I much prefer that to when they're like you're like Ross Geller who is a paleontologist by the way (laughs) Um, so please that's definitely that's so separate it's so different um so please call me Indiana Jones and please do not call me Ross Geller um but (laughs) I think what I love about this movie is that it's a very fun way for people to kind of learn about archaeology and it's not accurate of course but it also has become a bit of a teaching tool for professors is like what not to do but also in museum studies it's come up in my classes quite a bit um this idea of like museums collecting through expeditions and collecting through um adventures and and that whole thing um and so I think this movie is still really valid and relevant today uh to as both an adventure movie but also as a little bit of a teaching tool and i i kind of love that about it well said yes i think we should end on that note because that's great (laughs) i know i i don't have any anything else to follow up with i mean who better to wrap up our (laughs) indiana jones episode than an archaeologist exactly Um, thank you guys so much for having me this has been so fun i I mean, Thank we've been so on. excited. You were literally the first person, <laughs> no offense to David, but you were the first person that we thought of as like having a guest yes. on. We were like, oh my God, we have to have Liv on. Like, it's, uh, As soon as we thought of this movie, I was like, Liv has to come on yes. immediately. I am so happy so you guys so invited me on. I love talking to you guys anyway, obviously, but... Uh... I know, we can keep going on and on. We just want to listen to you talk no. about like... <laughs> archaeological folklore for like a million years so we'll let let's do that offline yes. but we can do like a um, bonus episode <laughs> yeah oh my gosh well have me on if you ever want to talk about tomb raider i've never seen it <laughs> i haven't I've seen that if we, i've never seen it either okay maybe next season you guys I, well, which I've one it. which one the one with um uh, Alicia Balkaner or Valkander. Vul- I feel like uh, you have to go for the Kander. classic Angelina you to go Jolie. For... Or, and, yeah, yeah, Angelina Jolie. It's been a while since I've seen that one. I gotta, I'll brush up. <laughs> is she? Is she an archaeologist? I, is that character? I don't know. No. Okay. Well, I honestly, I, I don't think I don't so. Know. Um. Well, I'm not gonna. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. So thank you again so, so, so much, Liv. We've loved this conversation. Yes. Um, thank you, guys. I had so much fun. We had a blast. I, you're going to be our, gonna like, be back every season. So. <laughs> <laughs> until, until next time, uh, having you on here. That wraps up our conversation on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Next week, we will be discussing Milk and why Haley hasn't seen that. Yes, I'm 
so excited. I'm pretty much going in blind, so I'm pumped. So thank you guys so much for listening. Again, Liv, thank you so much for being here. Um, please follow us on Instagram at at SeenThatPod. You can keep listening to us on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. And please follow us on those platforms as well so you get notified every time there's a new Seen That episode. Remember, we're all in this together, guys. Stay safe. We, you know, the vaccine is out there. You know, we might be um, gathering together soon. Uh, in a few months so anyway stay safe double up your masks while you can um and we love you and i love avril and i i love Liv. did you want to say love anything love? yeah i love you guys <laughs> thank you for having me <laughs> i love you both so so much i love miles i love you all who listen until next time bye everybody bye bye guys thank you We're stealing the Declaration of Independence.